Welcome, you miserable ingrates. Welcome to the You Deserve Better podcast. I am your host, The Other Son. Hearing other people's stories has been such an important part of my recovery from childhood trauma. The details are different, but the patterns are always there, and other survivors recognize them. It cannot be taught, only experienced. Finding that connection with other estranged adult children has been the one thing that has really made me feel less alone. It's made me feel understood for the first time, that validation that we're not the crazy ones. Today, to share their survivor story with us, we are joined by Tina. Tina, thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. So let's get started with some details. First, what is your gender identity, please? Female. All right. Now for some family background. Bad parents is why we're here after all. Uh, who was the toxic parent for you? Um, both to some extent. One greater than the other. And who was the one who was more toxic? My mother. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Was your Was your father more of an enabler or... Yes, big time. And this is all relatively new for me, but it has been such a life-changing event. Mm-hmm. And it's still, every time we have an interaction, something new burbles out. And I always worshipped my father. Mm-hmm. He was my hero. He involved me in so many different things. He raised me very gender neutrally. So I learned how to have all these weird niche skills that I still use mm-hmm. that kind of gave me that affirmation. So for me... Some things are more positive than negative with him. And with my mother, we had absolutely chaos relationship until I became a mother. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've said it before, even when she and I still had contact was um, we we had no relationship until I became a mother myself. And I had a very traumatic um, delivery and she was immediately there. And within a few weeks, she had apologized and we, you know, I desperately needed help because I was critically ill and in the ICU and with a critically ill newborn, premature baby. And right. things from there were pretty perfect until three years ago. Right, right. Are your both your parents still alive? Yep. Are they still married? Oh, yeah. Right, right, right. Do you have any brothers or sisters? Any siblings? I have one brother. Um, who was raised by completely different parents because he was he's about seven years younger than me. So is is he a half brother? How how is it he was raised by different you mean your parents acting differently? Oh, a hundred and fifty percent different. Okay, I see. I see. Is is it like a golden child type of thing, would you say? Is he is he the golden it child? Is. He was um an adolescent felon. He made nothing of his life. Um, and lived at home until 18 months ago. And he is the golden boy, literally can do no wrong. They still have great contact with him all is well. Oh my gosh, the sun rises and sets. Has it, has it always been that? So do you recall how things were before uh, your brother was born? Like, do you feel like, I know it's going back pretty, pretty far, but like, do you recall any kind of a shift, uh, when, when that happened? I don't have any conscious memory before mm-hmm. right. the age of about, I would say, a, right after his birth. I, I honestly don't. And I've really tried to think a lot about it because I want to, I'm doing a lot of inner child stuff and I'm trying to remember those specific things. I can remember smells. I have a lot of like 
yeah. weird like auditory memory, yeah. like tactile memory, things like that. But a lot of the bad things that happened to me happened to me before my brother was born. So I know that I'm blocking it out and I don't know when that's going to change, but I don't notice a shift at all. I only know from what people tell me of what my childhood was like. I honestly have no conscious right. memory. That's inside. that's great yeah. that you've done. You sound so proactive about this, that you that you've, you you you're looking into this and doing the work. And that's that's just so encouraging to me. And it seems like that's a big benefit of when you have this realization is then you you can start to do the work. The things that were that were hurting me my whole life, the things that I was upset about, I just thought it was a unique suffering to me and nobody could understand this. And now since realizing about my trauma, I've come to understand that many of these things actually have proper names and other oh, yeah. people you know, suffer them. And now that I'm aware of that, now I can do the work. Before I was just walking around oblivious, I had no idea about things like emotional dysregulation or posture syndrome mm-hmm. or these type of things. Now mm-hmm. that I know about them, I can focus on them and I really can start doing work. It's like before this, my wheels were just sort of spinning you know, in snow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now I feel like finally I can get some traction and start moving toward a better life are you yeah right are you married do you have kids of your own uh your situation and the reason i have been so proactive is i have three really good reasons here at home and um they are budding young adults i have two teenagers and i have a tween i guess you'd call it um (laughs) i I wouldn't i don't know i don't have kids myself so you're you're the expert (laughs) I have a hard time about calling them tweens because I mean, developmentally, he's such a still a child, but he has the body of a teenager now. So he's 11 and he's, you know, all of my kids have gone through development early and it's just kind of funny sometimes just to think about it while he's sitting there like playing Legos. It's adorable. It, it sounds like they keep you young, like it oh keeps God. you hip to what's you know going on with this younger generation these days. I hope so. I don't ever want to be that generation of like, oh my God, turn the music down. Yeah, exactly. I don't be like that. Exactly, exactly. So at what age did you realize about your childhood trauma? Was this something that came later in life? Is this something fairly recent? Was it a sudden experience, a gradual? Just talk about that, if you would. Um, it actually was very sudden, and I haven't really told my story to a ton of people, but I have. Um, I work in healthcare. I'm a frontline healthcare worker. And COVID changed my entire life, which I'm sure wow. it changed a lot of other people, but I really can't speak to that because I'm not other people. I work in a huge healthcare facility and my world changed overnight. And so everything had to change. And with that, like my day to day, like my childcare situation changed, but for about 18 months, like nothing really changed with the relationship that I had with my parents, except for they are kind of alternative hippie humans they um refuse to get vaccinated like neither one of them have had any vaccinations since childhood i see right and it was really really dangerous for me to be around them because i work with this population that can't mask and i work with a lot of really fragile children and that can't mask i have to be extremely careful at baseline and you have to have boundaries you have to have boundaries that oh my need God, to be respected and and would it be fair to say this was a boundary thing with your parents perhaps that led to this yes, bigger rift, this realization? It. They respected it because I t- said under any certain terms, you may not see, you cannot come within like, you know, six feet of me, no hugs, no kisses, no nothing. Like you can't see the kids. You can't come over. I can't come over. Like I, we and, talk multiple times a day, but 
um, not any physical contact because I was terrified I was going to kill them. Did this I've come watched... to a head then at, at, at some point that you mentioned it happened kind of suddenly? Was there a sudden nope. point? Um, not for that reason. It just the, that's the kind of the change is maybe the important like setting of the stage maybe where like just the, the whole world changed. So my parents are responsible for child care for us and my husband was sent home because of my work and he remained home for almost three years. And so we didn't have to worry about childcare, which was great. But then he went back to work and he, I needed childcare again because the kids were, you know, this is three years ago. So they still couldn't, they could be by themselves a little bit, but you know, not, um, you know, for any length of time because they'd burn the house down and, you know. Right. So at some point then this became sort of a realization, like, like at some point previous, you didn't realize about childhood trauma and this sort of opened some doors for you then this. COVID well, experience? Uh, no, not really. I've always had a, um, I don't know what to call it. I really feel like I should give it a name at this point. It's not shame because I don't shame myself, but I, it's something of that nature. It's something like, uh, have you ever seen the show Dexter? It's my dark passenger. Like it's my like thing that lives within me that if anybody was to see me on paper, Right. And then know this about me, the things that happened to me and the things that have gone on in my life, they would be shooketh. What would be some like, things from your childhood, for example, that back then seemed normal? And now if you look back on it, you would say maybe that's not a sign of a normal family. Maybe that's dysfunctional. Um, how much time do you have? Uh, I have. <laughs> I'm well, just give kidding. us one example then. <laughs> um, my parents were um, allowed to veil themselves and allowed to be monsters in plain sight. They, my entire family is aware of who they are and what they're capable of, and no one said a peep. All of their friends had access to me. Um, many, many, many bad things happened to me that I'm not ready to like put words to yet. Um, that I openly said with real words, as soon as I had words for them and I was absolutely just shut down. Um, I brought these significant things up because I do have conscious memory after about eight or nine. And, um, <coughs> excuse me, I have um, said these to the people that I know witnessed these things and they absolutely refute them and say, how, that's just your parents, that's ridiculous, there's no way. And I'm like, you were there, you saw it happen, you did nothing to stop it. And like, I remember you talking about it. Um, I can, I can hear you like, raising your voice. Would you say that yeah. you're, you're getting angry? I, would you say there's a lot of anger still? Um, there's a lot of anger still and, because that's what made me realize, I think. And that's that, fine, by the way. I just want to say that's no, fine. fine. A lot of people have this attitude, oh, you have to forgive, sure. have to forgive. And I don't agree with that. No, I think it's all valid. And not. there's nothing wrong, I think, at all with being angry or resentful. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, but just because I think it, two things came to a head that made me realize that this is, it blew the lid right off and it changed my life. I had a nervous breakdown. I had to go to therapy. This is about 18 months ago um, where my mom was babysitting the kids again and my because son. Because of COVID, right? Because of COVID. So the COVID yeah. is tied mm -hmm. in here, right? Yep. And one day, one day a week for five hours in the afternoon, you know, in my home, the same place that she's always been, no big deal. Um, my dog had cancer. We had to put him down. And that's when I'm things sorry. changed. Thank you. He, uh, my son came to me at the time. He was like 13. 
And I've always been a very open person because of my past and said, you know, I always use the real words for body parts. I always say like, you know, if there's no secrets, you have to come tell me immediately. And my son disclosed to me just unbelievable accounts of verbal abuse from my mother to him. And I stopped and I went deer in the headlights and I, I needed to take a minute and I couldn't parent from that point. It just brought me to my knees. And then my husband and I started to just ask basic questions. We didn't want to spook them or anything like that. Was it making you think of your childhood, the things that you were hearing? A hundred and fifty, because I haven't thought about these things in, you know, I'm 44 now. So, you know, how many years ago? There it is. There's that connection, that Mm -hmm. realization. Yep. Yep. And then uh, he described what could have been taken from like a, a screenplay from, you know, the same age for me, for him. And any the things that she was saying, the words she was using, the phrases, because he's a very right. smart kid, and he's let, let me know, ask you, what do you think about mm-hmm. her mother? Did you know your grandmother? Do you know I did how I did. how things were for your mother coming up? Was was that the cycle there? It, you know, I don't think it was to be honest with you, because I knew my grandmother pretty well, and I knew my grandfather pretty well, and I've actually I'm obsessed with genealogy. I'm have been since I was a teenager, because it was just something nerdy to do. <laughs> And there is so much, um, if you know about anything about epigenetics in terms of like passed down um, generational trauma, um, in terms of how that can affect later generations, specifically along the female line, there's a pretty significant mental health history on her side of the family from both her mother and her father. And my entire life, like this just came up for me a couple of weeks ago, my entire life I was told how much my grandfather just hated my mother. Oh my God, she, oh, he was such a jerk. Oh, what a turd, you know, and just on and on and on. But this man was kind and gentle with the rest of his daughters right. and all these female relatives that I have around me that I've heard like, you know, like superfluous things from here and there. And then it hit me like a ton of bricks. I do most of my thinking in the shower because it's the only private place I have. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I'm with you. Right? And um, it hit me like a ton of bricks and I'm like, what if? This was the fact that she, you know, because she always said, like, I have no idea why he was so mean to just me. And I'm like, I wonder if, you know, thinking about that, that she was just miserable, like a miserable. She is a miserable person. Right. For the most part. Right. You you still find those things, still finding those discoveries in the aftermath of the big one. I, I, I myself still all the time find uh, find these things, in fact, which dovetails nicely into that uh, up note that I'd uh, mentioned previously. We like to close on, on an up note, something positive, and it sounds like you're actually kind of moving that way. So since you've had this realization, since you've come to this understanding and, and, and you're finding out these things, understanding better, what are a couple positive things about the, that you're taking from your recovery? Um, it's helped my marriage a lot. My oh, husband has always walked his road alone with the fact that he comes from uh, – if. 10 times more significantly traumatic family than I do. And we cut ties with them very early on in our marriage. And it really helped me um, see things from his point of view because he's just a very quiet person. We are, we complement each other very well. And I now can see things from his perspective, why he's made certain decisions. It's strengthened our marriage because he- Oh, I'd love to hear to this, this in. is great. Yeah, he's a good egg. We've been together for a really long time since we were kids. And um, 
That's a story for another show, my friend. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And definitely there will be more stories. We can definitely, we'd love to have you back. Uh, Tina, I appreciate you. I appreciate you coming on and sharing your story with us today. Thank you so much for being on the program. Thank you for having me. And thank you for joining us. If you've taken anything away from this podcast, please support the show by sharing it with your friends. The You Deserve Better podcast has a Facebook group. Would love to see you there. And by all means, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you'd like to be on the show, drop us a line at udbpodcastrules at gmail. That was my second choice for a name, but I think it's all right. udbpodcastrules at gmail. I am the other son. Let them burn their eyes on you.